0: All right, welcome to Data Hurdles. My name is Michael Burke.
1: And I'm Chris Detzel.
0: And today we're gonna talk about data.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, aren't you? Absolutely. All right, welcome to another Data Hurdles. I'm Chris Detzel and-
0: I'm Michael Burke. How are you, Chris?
1: Pretty good, man. It's summertime and uh, we're gonna be off for a week uh, here at RELTO, so uh, we're excited. I know you are too, Michael, huh?
0: I am. I'm really excited. And a big shout out. You know, we got the 4th of July coming up, Independence Day to all our veterans, if we got any listening. Uh, I know we have one on the call with us, uh, speaking of which. So today Mm -hmm. we have a special guest, Matthew Cox. Matt, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. My name is Matthew Cox. I've uh, had a chance to be in this amazing industry of data for many years now, and I've had a chance to Spend time in really kind of several different sectors of the industry, from data use to data mastering to data capture to data leverage. You know, so I've I've one of the things I think I've enjoyed in my career is kind of this 360 relationship with data. Uh, but on top of that, yes, uh, army veterans. So. Very excited to see the 4th of July come forward and, and see a few uh, sparkles in the nighttime sky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. We've got a big uh, fireworks show planned. I go up to my friend's house every day, also a veteran uh, every 4th, and we put on this massive, you know, with thousands of dollars in fireworks and we light it off right in front of the beach. Everybody comes and watches. It's, uh, it's a nice. big treat. It's so nice.
2: yeah, I'll be doing that at the uh, at the ranch this next week.
0: Oh, so that's excellent. So
2: what I'm for is, uh, you know not too many restrictions out on the ranch when it comes to uh (laughs) celebrating the fourth of july don't catch anything
1: on fire yeah well that's you know
2: it's yeah so i'm it's real because it's my property right (laughs) yeah so i'm my own i'm my own fire warden right so i kind of watch how this thing plays out so i got to balance the fun and the security and safety but yeah we have a nice uh a nice cement plateau that we uh, we'll we that. everything from. So we try and be safe, but you know, have a little holler too at the same time.
0: That's why he's going up to bale all that hay before the fourth. Uh, you know, and <laughs> to, to bale hay. That's sharp. right.
2: Got to trim it up a bit. Yeah, it was getting way too long.
0: <laughs> Anyways, today today we're talking about. Uh, I would love to continue talking about the fourth, but I think for our listeners today <laughs> we're talking about data quality. Um, and really, you know, Matt, your expertise in this area is so broad and so diverse. But you know, today, what we'd really like to dive into, and and maybe we can start off with just explaining to our listeners what is data quality, and what does it mean, really, in your business context.
1: I'm um, sure.
2: So let let yeah, let's talk about that for just a second, because I think it's, I think it's interesting the vantage point or the lens in which you look at data quality. You know, I think from a from a business, so let's just talk about maybe from a practical business standpoint. Yeah, and maybe what may, what may be motivating uh, business leaders or different functional leaders to uh, want to engage or understand data quality. And I think first and foremost, it's, you know, as a as a, as a functional leader, right? My, one of the first questions I'm gonna have is, is the data that I'm working with, uh, you know, capable of, of sufficiently fulfilling the business process or the business objectives that I'm trying to complete? So for instance, if I'm, if i'm in marketing right is the email address sufficient for me if i'm in fulfillment right i probably need a high quality address and so i think in a lot of times there's there's very much a parochial lens or a myopic lens applied from a from a business standpoint because from a business side you're not looking at the totality of data you're not looking at the totality of of the system work worth. you're really looking at what am i trying to do and am i is the data I'm leveraging capable or is it sufficient up sufficient quality for me to fill my business objective. And so I think you've got to kind of you've got to lean into understanding and relating to those different business lenses to understand really what does data quality mean from a business context. And I think it's on top of that, it's important that people begin to, you know, step back from it and realize that while most people might assume data quality means, you know, the information placed into a field. So Think of city or state, you know, you're on a form and you're filling out some information and do I validate city or state? Do I just allow it to be a free open field? But really, from a business standpoint, you know, quality isn't limited to the fields of the the data or the information entered in those fields. It really extends into how data is organized and how it's interpreted. Yes, what I mean. So I can't have a record of information that has the best, highest quality data associated with it but from my business standpoint, maybe the way that that data has been organized. So think of a hierarchy. If that hierarchy is not correct, it's to me, it's still poor quality data. If I'm trying to run an analytic, if I'm trying to get a report on a piece of data, again, the data record may have the right attributes, but maybe the way in which it was processed, maybe the way in which it was, the algorithm of the report was determined, that analytic, if it doesn't uh, uh, fulfill my business need or fulfill my business process, it's again, quality data maybe that that data was great three years ago when we captured it but now it's out of date so freshness mm-hmm. becomes an issue of data quality for me yeah it was great when we entered it we had great rules but we haven't updated it in three years so when i try and actually work on it from a business standpoint that data is poor quality so i think it's you know when you look at the variety of ways in which data quality can be viewed it highlights why it's very important to survey and collaborate across the organization before setting a particular course of action on data quality. And, and I specifically have seen this. I've known many any very knowledgeable individuals, very well versed in data quality, who have embarked on you know, well-intended data quality campaigns, yet failed to gain traction because they thought very purely of it's, it's I have very specific data quality measures from an IT or from a data standpoint, but they didn't take time to understand the actual core problems that the business was trying to solve and how it would be relevant to the lens in the way they were trying to operate from a business context.
0: No, that's absolutely great. You know, I I love that. I think that um, I had this similar challenge recently. I was trying to explain to a relative who's not technically versed what data quality was. Right. And we started walking into like, it's really like, a sailing a ship in the 1800s, right? You you know, if you take computers and technology out of it, what did you have? You had a compass, maybe a map, maybe you had somebody in the crow's nest like keeping watch for things. Looking but for the every, North Star. Everybody had to communicate and, and document and capture information effectively across the ship to steer it in the right direction, right? To get to land or wherever you're headed. And I think the same thing really holds true, true to data quality today, and I love how you emphasize that, that it is so important to start with the right questions, right? If you start with the wrong questions or the wrong objectives, or the wrong KPIs, you're going to be collecting data that's moving you in the wrong direction.
2: Well, um, and, and on top of that, you know, Michael, I think the other piece is that depending upon your approach, right? If you think about your approach when you go to the business and you're trying to establish data quality as a meaningful activity for them to, because first of all, you're going to ask them to engage their time. You're going to ask them to be involved, right? You're going to ask for their input, right? So again, from a business standpoint, I have an objective and you're, you're taking me away from my objective to spend time on this. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it becomes, okay, but what do your new rules for data quality mean in yeah. stumbling my, or, in, or inhibiting my, or becoming a barrier to my business process, right? Are you going to create this onerous set of requirements that now you know i i can't even fulfill my sla in delivering product to a customer you know I, I remember from days when i was in marketing operations where you know the the exchange of information from a marketing standpoint was very key to the next steps and be able to engage yeah. someone directly if i came to you Michael, you, you come to my website all you want is a download and i'm asking for 40 pieces of information because it's a great data quality capture moment right you, you you're going to walk away so i'm like that's not worth me filling all that in front so the whole concept of pro- progressive profiling can involve. well let's let's start with one let's just get your email all right now oh hey you want to get another piece of information let's grab some more information so that the idea of this handshake or this relationship in which data quality gets infused into the business process at the time that it makes sense in the business process that doesn't become a barrier to fulfillment of the process but simply enriches or enables or extends is really what the goal should be not some onerous list of very stalwart activities that says, listen, at the end of the day, my data quality has to trump everything else. You, you really, it has to be partnership. It has to be a, a, a token, like a baton that we share together to meet that final race and declaring quality as part of the business process.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. How how do you, it, you know, it makes sense for for you and I and or in enterprises that have a lot of experience in this or resources. To get up and running pretty quickly. Actually, most of them probably have lots of data quality embedded in all of their systems. But, you know, as a small business, how do you get started? You know, maybe you are on a marketing team or maybe you're on a siloed place that might not have data resources or stewards or experts. How do you start defining and moving forward into this quality vision of, of answering these types of questions?
2: Well I, I think first and foremost when you when you begin the journey of data quality, it, you have to, I, I would I would highlight the word journey, right because I think the reality is is that it, it is, you know, I, and I've said this in, in other forms, you know you never really reach the end of data quality. you never really reach a finish line, right? It, it's a constant journey and it re- does require a bit of calm and a bit of patience uh, in the approach to be successful. Uh, and so I think with any with any endeavor right that goes into data quality, you have to think above you know the tactics right. A lot of times they'll think, oh, well, I've got to I've got to improve this piece of information, or I've got to find some tool that I can validate my data. I I would always lift up the conversation, or 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 you know, take it to a higher level of an umbrella conversation around more of a of a strategy. What is your what kind of data quality strategy are you looking for, and 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 how does that align? to the business goals that you're trying to fulfill these the two should work hand in hand but i do think it it, it part of data quality does ex- expect that a structure of some kind is applied and when you kind of walk into this you can't just in my experience has been you have to have a very structural approach with a some sort of framework in or in order to kind of organize your data quality efforts but really focus on data strategy or data scenarios that are most applicable to your business priorities, and that's regardless of the size of your organization. I, you know, whether you're a hundred-person organization or you're a hundred thousand, the reality is is that not all data is the same, right? Yep. There are there are things that are we'll call enterprise-worthy, or they'll call you know your top priority data entities or data areas to focus and and you really have to be keen on what that number is i mean that's it's kind of like the gold standard within your organization what what is actually moving our organization forward and that's really what you want to target first because if you focus in the wrong areas you could spend an awful lot of time and really fail to see meaningful results maybe it was a good effort maybe didn't make you maybe you did actually you have a nice effect but did you actually move the needle of the organization from a data quality standpoint and so i think you really have to look at what what kind of, what are the business expectations you have? What are the things you're actually trying to fulfill and how can data quality improve it? What's the strategy you have around trying to engage that? What sort of structure can you put? So you have some uh, an organized framework in which you go against it, focusing on really those top tier enterprise worthy entities or enterprise worthy data you wanna go capture and improve. Uh, you and after that you have the structure, you have to think about collaboration. I'll say this over and over and over again, that. Yeah. That you, you a data quality strategy is not an IT endeavor. It's not a business endeavor. It's not a, an operations endeavor. It really requires everyone to come together because data is the lifeline of every organization, and so it touches every part of the organization. And you have to really collaborate because if you, if you only go and focus on a silo, if you if you only hit one small part of the org, you may have you know, a, a small, nice effect, but your, your, your impact to the overall organization and your impact to the business goal is going to be diminished because you're only hitting silos and not the entire end-to-end life cycle. So that collaboration is very important. I think, it, especially as a new organization, you're trying to enable data quality, you've got to think about a, an incremental value-based approach. You know, step-by-step, gain quick wins, demonstrate how a focus on data quality can actually have tangible results. And so you're not waiting and waiting and waiting right, for, that, for something to come forward. Right? Take these small incremental steps, but make sure they're aligned to a structured strategy where you see that end-to-end approach actually be fulfilled. And, and personally, I've, I've highlighted over and over again that because of the domain expertise that typically is required for data quality, whether it's mastering data, whether it's governing data. You really should partner with an a, knowledge, a knowledgeable external organization that can be uh, whether it's a solution integrator or whether it's a th- third party uh, data provider, uh, you know, there's a the data quality is not a new thing to solve, but it isn't just a, a domain that needs understanding. And you can partner with a lot of organizations that can leapfrog you forward in that typical learning curve. So they can help you bypass those minefields and really focus on what's most important for the organization and give you a good place to start.
0: No, that's great. That's great advice. And I think that that leapfrogging is something that all of us, especially those that come from a more technical background, want to never approach. We always wanna build first and buy later. Um, and I think it's such an important reminder that you can move faster with these experts that have done this a hundred times before. That's um, all, you, you've had some great examples. And if, if folks on the call haven't heard this before, listen to his community podcast on data you know starting small simplifying getting to value quickly i've been in a couple of your reports it's just so clear crisp concise and it's easy to understand
1: i appreciate that (laughs) yes yeah look I, i think that you know uh bringing that data to um to the business and the, and the right stakeholders is the key. And so, I've, you know, what I've tried to do, do, and you can listen to podcasts later, is bring my online community data, in addition to some of the programs I'm bringing, to uh, automate it to a dashboard and to be able to tell that story. And the quality of that data is is very difficult, by the way, to continue to to get. So, how do right now? I think it's at like 90% of a data quality standpoint. How do I kind of get to that next 10%? It's really difficult. And I'm like, because bringing all these systems together, just from what I'm doing, this small, for me, big, but uh, uh, project that I'm doing, it's it's like it's not easy getting over to that ten percent, ninety percent. Not that it's easy, it's it's difficult, but it's a lot easier to do that than it is to think about that other ten percent. Well, and I I think you you just
2: made a really really good point, Chris, and let me just take a moment to talk about that. Yeah, ninety um, percent, by the way, is very good. If you're getting 90% data quality, you're doing very, very well. And and I think too often the search for perfection Mm -hmm. gets in the way of making meaningful incremental steps, right, and celebrating those steps. Uh, It's very hard to get 100% on any part of your data landscape because of all that's involved, especially when you have multiple hops, you've got multiple systems in line. Yep. Uh, You know, I I, we should always strive for, for perfection, but to, if that's our only measure, there's going to be a lot of frustrated people in the room every time we come. together. Right. So I think it's really important that people, uh, you know, you strive for it. That it's like a stretch goal, right? A stretch goal in any project or program. You have you have a stretch goal for what you want to arrive at, but then celebrate each moment as you begin to yeah. get closer and closer. With the realization, and I think Chris, you bring that great point. With the realization that that, that very last part is very hard to overcome right that last five ten percent will equate to probably the entire amount of time you spent getting to that point because <laughs> when you're really trying to hone in and refine and it it reminds me you know michael of like the high availability right you go yeah. from 99 you know 99 is one but 99.99 i mean you just the from going from just 99 to 99.999 is a huge investment it's a huge Move yeah. from a high availability standpoint. I think the same things from data. At some point, you may even question, and I think it's a reasonable question: Is it worth us going, getting better than ninety? Is it worth yep. the effort? Is it worth the money? Is it worth the business effect? Maybe that last ten percent of expecting perfection on every form is too much. Maybe that then becomes a barrier to the business process. So, so Chris, those are very important, you know, uh, uh, parameters to be considering yes. when people enter into the data game. That it is something that's it. Perfection is a very hard measure to apply, and it'll probably end up being something that frustrates you and your, yeah, your I mean, preference when the visits.
1: It's it's sometimes tough though, but because like the questions that are asked is, oh, there's only x number of people coming to this thing, and I'm like, well ish. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually probably a little more, but I just couldn't figure out how to get that in there. You know what I mean? Welcome like into our more.
0: world, Chris. This is the world we live in. The gray, <laughs> the ish.
1: Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, this is going to have to be good enough, and if I have to tell a story around, you know, look, the best I could do is this, but it is really good, and here's pretty much the data that, that we, that uh, is needed. So, anyways. yeah. But, but, but let me, I'm going to take one more tangent from your comment. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk about a
2: topic I've heard a lot in my career and i've I've tried to challenge and that's this aspect of data being directionally correct right Mm -hmm. there's this there's this feeling like if i just gather enough data that just i've got enough data that it's going to be directionally correct when i apply it and i i really had to challenge that because if you you can take that massive data but if you don't if you don't apply good data quality parameters good validation parameters to it it could just as easily be directionally incorrect and I've Mm. seen many cases where you know predictive analytics or other techniques are applied where they're celebrating oh look what we found out but then you start to dig in a little bit you realize that the data for whatever reason skewed the business decision away Mm. and there's this mass surprise we thought it'd be directionally correct because we threw so much data the volume of data is an, an an indicator of nothing other that you collected a lot of data Right. Yeah. If you really want to derive valuable business, uh, you know, information, decision support, analysis, you have to apply some good principles if you want to make sure that the decisions that are coming from that data set are moving you correctly in the direction you should proceed.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. And look, like the in the machine learning data science space, it's even more confusing, right? Because you've got multiple things driving you in different directions necessarily. I I highly recommend for people on the call, if they haven't read it before, to check out a book by Clay Christensen, uh, Innovator's Dilemma or Solution. You know, really, 90% of what you need to do is come up with the right questions to ask to get at the problem, to structure it so you know what data to collect. And if you don't have that all set up and you have experiments that are going to articulate why and how you're traveling in the right direction, even if you have correct data, you could be doing the completely wrong thing. And Hmm. so often that happens in the real world.
2: Yeah. And and to that point, you know, from an MLs perspective, even if what you did today was correct, if you assume that that's going to be consistently correct all the time, you're making another mistake. I mean, we talk about drift a lot, right? You, it will naturally begin to drift. Data quality will naturally begin to drift Your, your, the effect in the decision report will naturally begin to drift if you don't compensate for that over time you have to measure over time to make sure you're still in alignment and that you know and and it's interesting because i've seen in a number of cases so let's talk about data migration for just a second i've seen a number Mm -hmm. of cases where Mm -hmm. uh you know the role of data migration is is not fully understood so you you have an old data set you want to move it to a new platform typically what i've seen and it's terrible practice but typically because of project (laughs) timelines or project priorities we just lift and shift. We grab that data and we port it over, and nothing is done to, to in that transformational moment to correct it to move it to the new platform. And you end up basically creating the same problems and the same behaviors that you had in the previous system. And I think that there's two pieces of that that's very important. Number one, you should absolutely, during any sort of data, data migration, apply whatever active data quality principles you have in place, right? Whether it's data validation, it's structural cleansing you know completeness i mean name your measure but that is an, an opportune time right to really lift up the value of that data prior to a migration but secondly i think what a lot of people make a mistake of as well is they only measure the data quality at that point of, of migration yeah what happens a year later mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. two years later we just talked about you know from a data quality standpoint the uh, i think one of the great um uh, dark secrets when data quality is stale data most people will not talk about staleness, right? As being one of the first things they think about when it comes to data quality. And I think if we, we have to put that first and foremost that freshness is as important an indicator as accuracy and completeness and everything else because stale data in my mind is porting.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny when you, you know, you see this time and time again, that as soon as, you know, if you're collecting data for something, So many parameters can affect that change over time. And I look at this this thing that always used to come back to that was an epiphany to me was I couldn't figure out why when I first started off in uh, the product space, people were always releasing uh, their projects in June, right? Why not at the end of the year? Why not at the beginning? And what I had found out was that everybody was releasing their products in June because that was when we had this huge spike in sales and activation. And so everybody was celebrating these great triumphs of like, look at how much we've increased everything. They'd celebrate, move on. And it was essentially gamifying the quality of the data. Yes. And I think that's another really critical point to call out is that as soon as people become aware of some sort of trend or pattern in data, they start to abuse that Mo- more often than not, right? So not only is it about maintaining the quality of the data, but the awareness of the people interacting with creating that quality, it yes. can play, have a huge impact. Um,
2: And, and, you know, it's interesting because probably, you know, so often people will talk about the platforms, right? I'm mastering data, I'm validating data, and they they have this perspective that almost like a washing machine, right? No matter what you put in, I can cleanse and I can fix. And I always go back to the first and foremost tenant of data quality is the data create process. It's at that very first point, I mean, we joke about garbage in, garbage out. You hear that a lot of times just being tossed around but that is the reality of the state of yeah. a lot of organizations that that they have, they have under they're underperforming their data quality check at the at the very initial point of engagement and then expecting these back systems to, to clean and process and <laughs> corox and you know bleach all this data to somehow fix it when the reality is you, we could fix the majority of our data quality problems if we just capture data accurately at the very onset of the data entry but it is really a, a barrier to a lot of organizations that's a barrier to engage and i think it's it's really a, an important educational point within any organization to begin to to prescribe why it is so important to capture at the very front and not wait for some back end system to somehow massage the data into an accurate state
1: you know just quickly because i'm i'll i'll give you a live story of how i thought about this and um, when I first started the Relto community, but also the Imperva community back in the day, I knew that over time I would be connecting to other business systems and, you know, but but what I didn't realize or understand was um the data that so let's say a customer comes to our online community, they log into the community, there's some areas that they have to select. They're either a customer, partner or not, or you know, there's a lot of different things in there. And so one thing that I didn't notice that I did was they could select multiple things which i didn't know i thought it was just one thing right and so now whenever i come back to that now they can't do that but i didn't know that and so i push all this data into to automate it and they're like well we don't know if it's a customer or a partner or whatever you know now i gotta go clean up that data myself and just and so but some of the things i just don't know right or i didn't have somebody telling me or or you know uh so i think it's important for you know organizations to say like maybe a data governance team or a data, I don't know, whatever teams that there are to help guide some of these things for new things that come out to bring in customer type stuff. So if you're talking to a marketing organization and they're getting, let's say, Marketo as a new platform or some other thing, it's like sometimes they just don't know what they don't know. They just think, oh, I need to get this up and going and, and I'm doing all these cool things. And then all of a sudden, now I'm going to have to go deal with two years later all these data problems that I didn't know I was going to have, <laughs> you know, so. And now, you're hitting on a, a great point to ask, right? I
2: think, Mike you hit on yeah. this earlier. It's one yeah. of the first things you should ask about data capture is, what are you wanting out of it? Mm-hmm. What are you expecting out of this information about capture? I think too often people assume, you know, I, I I know there's things, there's just pieces of information I feel that the people should enter or they should gather, mm-hmm. and they're not really thinking about, okay, how do I want to report? What, what are the exact reports? What are the analytics I want to run from that? What am I trying to discern from that data? You know, How am I going to ultimately react or respond to the person who's entering the data? There's a lot of questions in that kind of that 360 view of that data create point that yeah, typically yeah. we don't ask. It, it, it's more yeah. of, I have a form, I know I need to capture what events yeah. they're going to, their email, their address, a couple more things, click submit, and we're done. And it's invariably, you know, three months, six months later, people start asking questions. Well, I can't get the reports I want, I don't understand. Yeah. that uh, you know what they're trying to say i didn't align this and i didn't align that so it is it's it's almost like when you're creating a presentation you create a slide one well, of the first things you should be ask is what are people going to derive or discern from this slide when i'm presenting yeah. this what, what what do i want them to get what, what 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 from an audience perspective what kind of response am i wanting and we need to take the same seriousness when it comes to data capture on let me yes. understand yeah. the full context of it before i throw it out there because invariably I'm going to make a mistake. If I don't, then I'll have to f- have a whole cleanup process. Or maybe I'll be migrating between platforms at some point. And I, I haven't thought through those pieces of puzzle.
0: It, it, is, it is incredible. And thinking about those trade-offs, too, You know, we had a, a simple login in one of the products I worked on, username and password. And we were getting a ton of fraudulent logins because of that, people trying to log in. And so we added a CAPTCHA. Well, real <laughs> usage by adding a CAPTCHA dropped 30%. People stop logging in and you're like, yep. we're doing this to protect you. We're doing it to clean our data, but we can't add it because it's having that much of a negative impact on customers, right? And so this is where I think the complexities in the art of capturing data comes in and how do you enable these kind of ways that are seamless and painless for our customers uh, to enter data faster and more efficiently. And there's so many trade-offs like that, that I think when people just create a form, they don't think about or they just create some other way to capture input data. And the human element into that is more important than any machine learning and data quality. And I think if you can solve that problem up front, you're already ahead of the game. If you can solve that capturing problem up front and, and make that, you know, invisible ideally, right?
2: Well then You've I think moved ahead. this is, goes back to kind of that point we just made about a company entering into the conversation of data quality think about just the complexity we've spoken about in the last 10 minutes about just the data entry point i mean just the the very first step of how (laughs) we engage data and this is why if and and i and i want to highlight the the need for that data quality strategy and it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be a bowl the ocean doesn't have to be i've thought of every you know i that needs to be dotted and t that needs to be crossed but it does say how do I look at the broader view of how this data is going to be used and where it matters to me? And then tactically, I can start to address the data capture, the data processing, the data transfer, the data mastering. And you begin to at least this goes back to that structured view. I can have a structure right of, of what I want to see performed across that end to end, and I can attack it one step at a time. So I can have that that quick value oriented or value frame moment where I say, hey, I. Look at me. I just enabled and just addressed data capture. Great. Now let's move to the next step. Let's move to the next step. But if you don't look at it from a strategy standpoint, you may declare success, right? With that data capture. Woo, look at us. We just we just nailed the data capture. Look at our numbers going up. But then fulfillment's coming back to you saying, guys, guys, the data is garbage. What 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 are you sending to me? Because yep. you didn't think about the end end. So <laughs> I, I I fear sometimes that one of the reasons data quality stumbles so much is because of the people see the complexity. And they just they it just they they're yeah. white and they want to walk away. And and the, the the goal of data quality is to take a structured, systematic approach under some level of strategy in which you begin to see valuable steps being made. And if you take that approach, you're gonna have a, a you're gonna be successful but much more often than you're gonna fail in your attempt to deliver some sort of data quality improvement to the enterprise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Where do you think, you know. Data is evolving so rapidly right now. I think faster than it has in in decades. Um, with this uprising of machine learning and more and more unsupervised ML models, and complexities being layered on top of data to leverage it for certain use cases, how is that affecting data quality?
2: Well, I think you know it's it's interesting to me because I think in a lot of cases historically data quality was a it became kind of a human curation activity there was this a data steward there was an individual that was spot checking or or responsible for checking or or uh, validating information as would flow through uh, it's becoming very clear to me that the pace of data changes the volume of data that's coming through the volume of sources that are coming through, and certainly as you look at out you know large language mo- large language models just the volume of data means we really can't intervened from a human perspective. We're having less and less of a chance to guide where the data is going. So I think that from my perspective, you know, AI has a potential to engage in some of these data stewarding capabilities, right? Replacing some of that human curation. Number two, I think, you know, for me, sampling is becoming more and more important. I can't touch the totality of data. It's just impossible. I think that we're going to be able to address it all. So being very, uh, uh, prescriptive, very intelligent about what data, what sample of data is going to give me the broadest context to the overall model that I can feel like I'm, I'm able to rationalize where I stand from a data quality standpoint. And there's, you know, terms like we've used a term called ground truth, right? And the ground truth of being able to say, here's a data set, a, a microcosm of the larger data set that we feel represents ground truth. And let's now use that as our parameter to represent the broader set of data that we're processing against. Uh, Because the reality is it's becoming, um, it's not that it's becoming unmanageable, but it's unable for us to manage in a manual way or a a human interventional way. And we have to think about how we can leverage modeling, sampling, AI, uh, and, and ML models that help us look at corrective behavior. We talked about drift earlier, right? There are some boundary conditions we can begin to put in place to help guide us on where the data set is moving one way or the other. And we have to very intelligently apply them if we think at any level, we're gonna be able to manage this at scale.
0: You know, it, it it is such an interesting point. And I think especially with LLMs and when you think about these massive feature sets and training sets that are being built out and collected, quality now has become something that is is incomprehensible for an individual or even a team of individuals to truly represent So again, we talk about stepping into the gray, Chris, right? Imagine these spaces where you're training these models off the internet. How do you know that there's not bias, right? How do you know that the guardrails haven't been defined in the right direction? Uh, I do believe this is the way of the future. And I think that we're going to get better at this over time. But right now, you know, I just feel like it's the wild west a little bit again, right? Where we (laughs) are trying to figure this out as we go.
2: But but here's uh, here's the here's the crux of the problem though, Michael, is that while it's becoming more and more wild west, we're getting more and more and more compliance regulations being applied to the data under management, right? Yeah. So we're really at a at a point of jeopardy with yeah. a lot of the work that we're doing from this standpoint, because you, you can't lose control of your data quality to the point now where compliance and risk becomes too much of a problem for you to manifest, because the rule the the fines right now being placed on Huge. these are, yeah. are significant to revenue there was a time you know initially with several regulations where it was a couple thousand dollar fine it was a little slap on the wrist and you know maybe there's some reputational risk but there really wasn't a financial risk to the level it is today so I, I the real quandary for me is not just managing at scale from a data quality standpoint but how do we manage to a scale that gives us confidence that we are complying with all of the regulations and risk controls that we're trying to put in place. thats That, I think, is one of the great challenges before us, right?
0: Yeah, it, absolutely. And you know, for companies uh, who are looking to apply these technologies, and really even anything in the AI space, there's this balance that i love your input on, on. How do companies balance that need for using the latest technology versus in uh, moving fast versus staying compliant and following regulatory, and of course, like obviously following regulation is important, but even just from an ethics perspective, using that that uh, capability to have control and understanding of what you're doing.
2: Yeah. I think for, you know, I think it starts and stops for me, this is when we start talking about the governance conversation, right? For me, yeah. it starts start with governance and that really comes to, you know, taking a, a moment to stand back and, and, and ask the questions about the policies, the procedures, the standards, the rules. Uh, And having a cross-sectional or cross-functional group that can provide that input. I think if you lean too far on from an engineering standpoint or from an IT standpoint or from a business standpoint, you'll get a skewed perspective on really where should we stand and how far we should go. And so I think if you bring in individuals that have have a risk or a compliance or a legal perspective, it helps provide some reasonable guardrails into the feedback in the forum on how do we execute, how far do we go. Because there is always this desire. I mean, look at the competitive landscape I mean, you yeah. know, with all the different AI tools coming out, it feels like we're in this race, right? It's like, we're we're back, you know, with the early cars, you could build yeah. that
1: car, yeah.
0: you know, yeah. we're,
2: we're, we're running, and we're running, but you, it has to be a, a measured approach and taking all of those views into mind, how fast we want to move from a business standpoint, how quickly can we enable from an engineering standpoint, how much risk or compliance are we willing to take as we make that transition forward? It's really in my mind right now, a meeting of the minds and we're placing that to a governance structure so that you can you can make sure that the voices are all heard with each step or you're bound to make a mistake.
0: Really interesting feedback. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, as as users continue to accelerate, not only in the AI, AI space, but also across industries, we have to move faster. Right. And, and this idea of real time data has been prevalent in large organizations for a while now, but I think it's hitting every other business, even small businesses. You're starting to see these real time interactions. How is quality playing an impact on real time data and how do folks deal with real time data in uh, production environments?
2: But know, this goes to this is very similar to me if you if you if you supplant the conversation earlier about the business lens and you put it into the systems lens. You know, uh, typically what you found is the relegation of data quality into this back end process right gather all your data then do some sort of nightly or weekly or monthly review of data and see where the quality breakdowns are and then you. You know, we have this question of, okay, well, now, which source do I go change it? I found, you know, I need to rectify this, go to this, your CRM or your ERP. Uh, And I, while we still, most companies still operate in that, in that realm or in that range, I do believe we have to make the change. And this is where we start talking about data quality as a service. Uh, And so I think the, the aspect of data quality service is a very interesting one, but it's one that also has to be well balanced because like any other, just like the business process being fulfilled, a systematic process, whether it's an API or whatever, you know, whatever technique you're putting in place, time is of essence, right? Processing time is of essence. So how broad do you make that data quality check when it's a service-oriented activity? And I think yeah. that's part of where we're seeing or I'm seeing things begin to move is is really looking at each of those you know independent points of transaction and, and asking the question, what cleansing is necessary back to that point of before of what is sufficient for me to finish my business process and the same approach has to be when you think about data quality service what's sufficient for me to complete my transaction do i need to run 20 different checks on this record goes through no let's validate the address let's validate this done oh let's validate the email address let's make sure that the phone number is structurally correct before it goes to our telemarketing services so i think data quality service has to be fluid it has to be configurable it has to be lightweight in order for it to run as part of the transaction which i believe that's what we're going to the the days of us spending you know 24 hours grinding through data finding where there's some mismatches or data quality problems and then making a manual steward update in a source system those days are over those days we're we're going to be exiting that phase of data quality yeah. and we, <laughs> but, but we have to be really smart and i love the idea of microservices so the idea of, of a data quality series of a data quality service you know, supported by a series of microservices that can be independently engaged based on what's necessary to fulfill that particular sequence of events I is the direction I believe is moving.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think also this idea of observability as part of quality, right? There are now hundreds, maybe even thousands of touch points where data can have these microtransactions in them. Mm-hmm. Who's looking at that bird's eye view? Who's seaming that together and making sure that, you know, all of these things could be owned by different people who are making changes at different times. And there are impacts across the entire ecosystem. So that web that we've spun now needs to be detangled and really organized in a way that you can see from beginning to end on any of your critical services, who's touching what and when. Um, Well,
2: I think that you, if you, and that goes back to that point today of the idea that you have one central organization that's responsible for all things, is yeah. all beginning to break. I think the yeah. the idea now is you've got to begin to federate out the, yeah. these, the, the responsibilities, but that also means focusing, excuse me, less maybe on the technology side and more on the standards that you're being applied, more on the principles that you're applying, on the patterns that you're delivering, because you don't have one group now who's responsible for all the technical delivery of David Baldy. You have to enable and impart and entitle the various groups to be able to, to perform those capabilities as this just begins to expand to your point of all the different transactions one group can't possibly manage if certainly an enterprise organization all of the different uh, uh, micro transactions going on but at least if we enable them with a, a standards approach with a governance board that allows them to drive rules and regulatory policies with the principles and patterns that they should follow then we're doing the best we can to enable each group to work independently but align in a cohesive way.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow, guys. This this was awesome. So, you know, we talked a lot about just the current state of what data quality is and, and just kind of how you kind of solve those problems all the way to the future of where you guys think data quality is or should be and the things that we can do. And Matthew, man, wow. True thought leader in the space of data. Really appreciate that. Michael, yeah. great, great job of uh, driving this conversation. Um, <laughs> this was great. Really appreciate you guys uh coming on. And you know, uh thanks everyone for another uh data hurdles. I'm Chris Dutzel and
0: I'm Michael Burke. And don't forget to rate and subscribe.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take care. So thank you, Matthew, thank you, gentlemen.
0: Take care, guys. <clears throat>